I'm Caitlin Wittenberg. And I'm Santosh Sankar. And this is Dynamo Discussions. Welcome, welcome. Today we are here with Ronan O'Higgelig and Peter Cordeville. They are CEO and CMO of Locatable. Okay, so let's just start where we like to start, which is how did you two come together to start a company? Take it back even further. Tell, tell me about kind of what you guys did, how you grew up, where your passions were growing up. I think uh, I always enjoyed being with people who, who always try to do something, who don't sit basically don't sit at home, who love to create new things, who love to do something new. So I was always happy to meet people like this. And I, and I noticed in, when I was living in Slovakia, many people like this would be expats, people who came from other countries. And I really always enjoyed talking to them. So I, I started loving traveling. I, at some point, I decided I want to try to live in another country. So after after I gained some good experience in marketing, I just moved to moved to Ireland. I worked in marketing. I worked in a, in a bank, where I covered online marketing for a bank. Before I worked in conference industry, I covered online marketing for webinars, for conferences. So worked worked on more many different projects. A lot of experience with SEO, with content marketing, with writing blog posts, and and so on. And uh, I always, I always uh, kind of with, with my mar- marketing skill set, I always kind of enjoyed looking at companies where I saw incredible potential. I saw that they can do kind of so much better. I saw where, where the product is really, really good, but for some reason they, they are not yet getting enough customers. Mm-hmm. You look at their website, there, there is so much potential. And how did you run into Ronan? Uh, it's uh, to cut the long story short. We met on Tinder. I just um, <laughs> <laughs> met on Tinder. Got it. <laughs> yeah. So I just wrote uh, on Tinder. I'm I'm trying to find some uh, startup person who who like uh, who likes to find somebody uh, doing marketing and. Really, you guys found each other on Tinder? Get lost. <laughs> No, we. <laughs> I really believed you. I was At the second time around, I was like, "Oh, he's serious." Yeah, I can be pretty serious when, yes. I, when I make fun of. Well stuff. done. Well done. So, okay. so how did you two actually meet? <laughs> <laughs> or, or maybe we'll flip to Ronan. Uh, no, we met at a uh, in, in in Dublin every night of the week. There's there's meetups for startups for tech companies, and then we met there. And he, I was looking somebody marketing at the time, and then I met Peter, and then that's how we kind of got involved in the company that way. So, so tell us about uh, yourself. You're the CEO of Locatable. Um, I don't know if you have the sense of humor that Peter does, because we generally think opposite founders work well together. But tell me about yourself. What did you do growing up? How did you get here at Locatable? All right. I uh, grew up in Kerry, southwest Ireland. Uh, Rains a lot there, right? Rains a lot. I remember well, it's that. next stop New York, yeah. right? We've got the Atlantic Ocean, so it's next stop New York. So I've been messing about with code since I was about 10. I started learning code on an old Amstrad CPC computer. I was given when I was 10 years of age by my parents for Christmas an accounting software package. <laughs> I was 10. So then I decided to try and decompile it and see what, how, what made it work, how it ticked. 
and then decompile that, and that's wow. how I got into coding. That's pretty. So awesome. my parents were ten years old. What other parent in the world would give their child an accounting software yeah, package? Yeah, that's pretty I mean, yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, I tell them all the time. Um, and then I grew as I was growing up. I grew up. My parents were both self-employed, so I grew up in a house, a self-employed house. Mm-hmm. You know, so I grew up around two people who worked long hours to make their business work, raised their children, and gave them a good education, all that sort of stuff. So I've always had this work mentality. And um, then I had um, some coffee shops, health spa, um, and then a few years out, and then went back into coding uh, quite heavily and ended up doing, we ended up creating Locatable. So in a nutshell, that's, that's So explain Locatable okay. in its simplest form okay, for well, people. What we do is we track inventory, assets and people and clam trucks and fork trucks to within five centimeter accuracy on an X, Y, Z platform. So we can do horizontal and vertical. So in the logistics space, what we solve is obviously with the fa- that much accuracy, we've got 100% accuracy on inventory in a warehouse where it is. Um, and that eliminates misplaced stoves. So we've got 100% cycle count. It, 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 t- it removes the need for auditors. We catch cuts, we catch notice of exceptions, um, all, uh, quality control. So one of our clients, for example, a big manufacturer, if they pull some product from the line and there's a damage with those products and they need to track them by the time they find out they've already shipped in their network, they can put in one single serial number and we tell them exactly where it is in real time. Mm-hmm. We tell them the warehouse it's in, the store it's in, how high that in that store it's at, down to a single serial. So then also you've got the big data side of it. So we increase their UPMH by about 15%. Um, we provide them real-time analytics, real-time data, which makes them a lot more efficient. Optimum routes, the drivers and the workforce get daily reports on their performance that day, which then actually they feel quite, as their performance gets better, their company appreciates them more and, and it, build, it builds tons of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so is it just you two at Locatable right now? No, we have six others. Oh, okay. Um, they're in Dublin right now. So it's myself and Peter in the States right now. So it's made up of six technical, two marketing, and that's so we're quite small. Um, so can you, I don't know if you will be able to um, on the podcast, but go into kind of how the tech works of how do you actually locate these objects or to such accuracy? Okay, we can go into a little bit of that. Okay. So the simplest way to explain how it works is for millions and millions of years, you've had mammals and birds and sea turtles and, and lobsters and migrating their way around the earth for thousands and thousands of miles, right? So they use a natural source, which is the Earth's magnetic field, which comes out to the north and the south pole. So we have harnessed that technology, and that's how we use to get our tracking that's and our accuracy. awesome. Yeah, that sounds epic. How did a a guy from Ireland and then Peter, who's from Slovakia, how did you guys stumble upon this solution? Because it's not intuitive to most probably listening how you came onto this. Yeah, no, it was a it it was a journey. Yeah, it, uh, it wasn't this tech at the start. So originally trying to do indoor positioning through Wi-Fi signals. So every, there's, the problem with Wi-Fi is 
you would have day one, the signal might travel 70 meters, day two it might go 60, day three it might go 100. So you have inconsistency of the signals and you've no control over that Wi-Fi node. And you've no control over the hardware of that and the signal Wi-Fi frequency is inconsistent. So after trying to sort it out with that and get an accuracy, a consistent accuracy, which you need to be, and eventually giving up on that because we couldn't solve something we had no control over, then it was we were watching, um, just watching, it was a David Attenborough program. He's a very big... Um, the nature documentary, did. Yeah, he's, he's fantastic. So then about birds and about, about sea turtles and stuff and their migration, and then, well, if they're using that, then... And so started looking into that. And they do reckon the humans had it. Hmm. And over the evolution, we have lost the ability. And now they think dogs have it as well. So, you know. Bloody hell. How did you, though, even come to realize that was a problem? I mean, you, you weren't working in logistics before. You said you owned a coffee shop. Like, where would this, where were you like, this needs to be solved? I was having a few years out. And I was trying to work out how we could navigate people around large indoor spaces. Hmm. Okay. Um... And we're, we're also in the medical sector as well. So we came, how we got into logistics, to fast forward that a little bit, was we were, I was at a wedding and a conversation with a wedding um, led to what do you do, what do you do? We weren't selling into logistics. We had a logistics platform. So we got involved with a great company called um, Kenko and, 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 and uh, Whirlpool, really fantastic companies. And we built the product around their problems. So it's kind of, if you allow the market to lead you, and the market will show you the way. Hmm. We're very much not pigeonholed and we're not tunnel fenced in what way the business goes. And I think Peter agrees with this. I mean, you can jump in, Peter, if you want. But I think if you allow that flexibility of the market, then that will lead your business into the correct avenues that it has to go down. Sure. Um, you talked about being you know, raised by self-employed parents. Mm-hmm. I think... Uh, were you, did you, so it sounds like you were comfortable with the idea of kind of making your own business and not having maybe the stability of maybe a corporate job or were you the same way, Peter? Were you, have you always wanted to start a company um, or was this something you kind of fell into? Mm, I, I don't think I was led by my parents to do this. Uh, and it, it took me some time for me to discover where I want to go kind of, and kind of to adjust my thinking into thinking positive, into thinking uh, problem solving and so on. Uh, because I would be very like analytical type of person, so I primarily I would look at problems and try to dig into problems and how to solve them. So I, I had, to, had to change this slightly to be able to be more into creating new things. Mm-hmm. But I think I was... I, I always just I always just wanted to start. I mean, when when I would I would be looking into some professional career or even at university, I always just wanted to start start the company, start doing business. This is actually why I started uh, in the marketing because I think marketing is in generally really good way to to do business because if you can do marketing, basically I would say it's kind of a smart smarter way of uh, selling. So if you can do good marketing, you can sell your product, basically you can start any business in any, any area you, mm-hmm. you want. Yeah? yeah. Then you need to combine it with good technology for a tech company and so on. But. Looking at, at both of you, 
as a partnership and both of you, one kind of does a lot of the technology, you do a lot of the sales and marketing. What are the qualities that you think you both have individually that when we combine together is helping you guys be successful? So what's that one thing, Ronan, that you have that is your secret weapon? I think myself and Peter, I think we're chalk and cheese. And I think that's why... You're what? We're what I would call chalk and cheese. We're oh. totally different. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who loses it. I'm the one who wants things done yesterday. I'm the one who doesn't have the patience. Mm-hmm. Peter then is the other way. Right? If I lose it or whatever, he's the one who's right, calm down mm-hmm. and, and he's rational. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, like we're born, he's in Mark and I'm in tech. Mm-hmm. I'm the one who loses. I'm the one who wants things done yesterday. I need it done now. And I, can't, I don't understand if somebody doesn't. Right. He's different. You know, so I think in every, we're complete opposite. I mean, you're taller than me as well, which wouldn't, which wouldn't be hard, right? <laughs> I think we're we are very different, actually, yeah, mm. by our personalities. Uh, I think it works well in business if you're very different. It would be hard in friendship. So... But it's sometimes it's even easier if you don't try to be too much friends in business because mm-hmm. then it just causes problems. Yeah, in in business it's very helpful if you're different. I would be I would be very rational. I would be I would be very analytical. As I said, I had to learn not to be actually so much analytical because it's it's not always helpful. So mm-hmm. we need to learn. We need to know where to stop thinking too much about the problem and just go on, move on. I think in, gen- in general, I, I'm good with people. People kind of people kind of trust me. I'm sincere, sincere with them. So. You saying people? I'm not good with people. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so building a company is stressful. Uh, what keeps you up at night with building Locatable? Uh, what keeps me up late at night? Uh, I suppose when you when you got a tight deadline, right? We have a deadline this Friday. Mm-hmm. So we have a spreadsheet, there's 72 items of code on that spreadsheet, different. Now, some, a lot of them are very small pieces, but we have to hit this Friday. So, you know, between me and, and the tech team, we've got to get all this done. So this week's going to be very long, this week's going to be very, it's kind of, that, that kind of thing. So when, when you have a week like this and you try and go to sleep at night, your brain is ticking. It's mm-hmm. going 100 miles an hour. You know, and you're thinking the whole system through for what you have to complete by a deadline. Have you missed something? Have you not missed something? When you compile it together, what bugs are you going to have? And, and you can't foretell that to a certain degree till right. you put it together. So I suppose that type of thing would kind of keep me up at night a bit. Um, but not in a kind of stress, stress, stress way. More in a, have we thought of everything? Have we covered everything? Are we missing something in the code or, do you know what yeah. I, I, I Do you think that like being stressed or maybe just having that feeling of urgency is a an asset though to maybe your business so that you keep moving or do you think being laid back and chill is better? No, I think you have to be powered. Yeah, you need, do you need to feel some stress stress there. You have to you know if you start a company like myself and Peter do here. If you want a 9 to 5 job, don't bother. You know, it's that type of thing, isn't it? So you have to be prepared for the long days. You have to be prepared for the stress. You've got to be prepared for deadlines, dealing with clients, all that sort of thing. So, you know, that type of way. Right. What is the, your least favorite part of being a founder? What's like the thing you have to do because you have to, but you're like, oh, if I could get rid oh, of one thing. Oh, the paperwork. Oh, the paperwork, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, 
signing off the accounts, signing off the payroll. You know, we I, I think Ronan and I have been going back and forth for like four weeks now, probably mm-hmm. trying to get like legal yeah. stuff like uh, finalized and. It's not us, like, because if it was us, we could just type it out, like, four lines, sign it, and we'd be done. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're waiting. Then. Yeah. yeah. Um, talk about, you know, so you, you explained what your, what your technology does, how it works at a high level, um, some of the benefits of it. Where, where is it being used, or, or where could it be used uh, in the logistics supply chain world? Do you have distribution centers? You have warehouses. Where else could this microlocation be utilized? What's your kind of vision for that, and, and what are you driving towards? In the logistics sector, um, the DCs in the yard are done, right? So the next step is the really small items in, in a DC, right? The mm-hmm. really small minor items is the next step. We've got a solution for that, so we're just going through the paying process of that now. I had a meeting earlier today about it. Then it's the open road, yeah. right? Phase two for us is the open road, and it's all about the security on the open road, the security of the assets, high value assets on that open mm-hmm. road. Once we phase two developed, which is the next step for us, then we have the visualization through the whole supply chain. Sure. From manufacturer to open road to DC, open road DC, down into the client. Right, so and the client could be, I don't know, it could be any, like a retail store, for example, it could be a Best Buy. Yeah. So we can tell manufacturers or whatever exactly what is in there, where it is, and they don't have to send people in sure. in real time. I, I feel like a, your big kind of focus in Valley Driver is that transparency mm-hmm. um, in whether it's in healthcare or warehousing or on the open road in, in trucking. Um, where do you kind of see you're, you're collecting a lot of data you guys have architected the software yourself you've also to some degree designed the hardware around your solution by yourself how do you manage all this as a as a technical founder there's so many working pieces there's so many possibilities how do you stay focused do you stay focused uh there's a ton of moving parts there's a lot of moving parts and you know you gotta get around that well we have to be careful and Peter will agree with me on this, is we're not stretched too thin, right? Mm. We were asked, we've been asked to do so many different things with it. We've been asked about airports, about open fields in airports, you know, Ferrari World, we've been, we've been asked to do lots, kids, kids play areas and all. But we just do medical and logistics. It excites us and we're not, doesn't pull us too thin, yep. you know? So we have to be very, very careful. Like we get approached, yeah. it usually goes to Peter first because he gets all that stuff first. Then we have a meeting? No, no, no. We've turned down tons. Yeah, I think we, we, we both felt that uh, logistics is a kind of industry where there's so much space where we can move forward with technology. And now I talk about this uh, with more people and they, they agree that logistics might be re- really on the, on the verge of, uh, of finally adapting all this technology, which is... Which is, which is here ready for logistics, only logistics were 10 years or some years behind. Yeah, be, behind uh, so like warehousing, trucking, yeah. all these, because yeah. even in healthcare, you guys really undersell, but it's really the logistics of hospital beds, patients, yeah, yeah. the patients doctors. And all the data and the um, problems that solves. Ha, so 
How do you say no? Like you have a, you have a potential customer knocking at your door. How do you say no? Because I feel for a lot of founders, that's a very foreign thing to be able to do. And even big corporations don't realize that sometimes you got to get rid of customers that don't really fit you know, yeah. your, your mold. Yeah, you got to get rid of some potential customers. You just explain why. And just, you know, we're not, you know, you won't say, look, we're not going to revisit that in the future. Maybe we will. Yeah. But at this moment in time, the team is solely dedicated on X. Sure. And you just got to be upfront and honest with people. And if you're upfront and honest with people, then they'll, they'll respect you for that. And they'll understand. Sure. You know? So that's what I think. Um, I have one more question. Do you have any advice for founders um, as they decide on starting their own business? It can be, you know, other logistics founders or, or, or whomever. You yeah, I, well, I, can, I can try out. First, the first thing, uh, don't, be, don't be scared. Start, start doing things. Uh, create new things. Uh, you, you need to allow creating new things, basically, if you want to, want to be founder, if you not want to start a new business. I think uh, a, good, uh, a good way to start a business would be to look at what technologies are out there. What would be the latest technology in the uh, field you're interested in? And then sometimes instead of going into B2C, have a look at uh, some industries, industries which would be behind in this one technology. I think this, uh, this kind of template might, might, might work very, uh, quite mm -hmm. often. Yeah, I think what Peter said is right, but I think you have to be really prepared. Right, if you're going to start a company, you like I said earlier, you have to be willing to put the hours in and the days in. Like at the moment, like yesterday was Sunday, right? Now I'm not saying I'm whatever, but I was in here nearly ten hours yesterday. Mm -hmm. You know, and then today you're back in, and it's what you have to do. So, and 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 listen to people. Now, like we're from Ireland, so Ireland is a small country, and it's a great country to do your bedding and your prototypes, and everybody will talk to you in Ireland, no matter what level they're at. It's brilliant for that. But you got to be thinking global, mm -hmm. right? So our strategy is Middle East, North America, and then now we're going to go to Asia after here. Think global, think big. Yeah, I, I, I think people, uh, people starting business in in US who are perhaps born in US, they are from US, they, they really are in a great position because the US is such a huge market that uh, if, you're, if you're really, really good in your niche, you can, your market is still big enough to to really grow if you if you have a small niche in Ireland or in Slovakia or in some European country it would be very hard for you to grow a business you you guys are both joining us from Dublin but you grew up in Slovakia right what do you think of Chattanooga you know what my honest opinion Chattanooga yeah Stephen Giant I think Chattanooga is I'd never heard of Chattanooga till one year ago <laughs> till we, we met the Kenko group who are a fantastic company now I've been to Chattanooga and now, you know, with all these things going on here. Yeah. I think, you know, to live here is cheap, you know, the rent's cheap enough. Mm -hmm. Great people, right? I think in time the air links will get a lot better out of Chattanooga Airport. But it's yeah. a sleeping giant. You have the fastest internet in the world. Yeah. And we were talking to EPB last week. Mm -hmm. They're saying they're going up to a thousand gig. Yep. It's, I think it's a brilliant place. Yeah. Cool. Really I, I haven't heard of Chattanooga before. Before I, a few weeks before I came, but my father <laughs> knew about it. Your dad knew about Your it. Knew. My dad knew about, knew about it from, uh, 
he, he he lives in Slovakia. He knew about it, uh, so obviously there's a song. What yeah. did he? Oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think everybody knows it. I didn't know even the song, but. All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you. Thank you Thank very you much, so much. Okay, that is it for this week's episode of Dynamo Discussions. We will be back next week with more founders. If you would like to reach out to the Dynamo team, feel free to tweet at us at This Is Dynamo. You want to learn more about Locatable, go to locatable.com or you can tweet at them at Locatable. That's L O C A T I B L E. All right, thanks for listening.